In many of Srila Prabhupada's letters, we see his deep concern that deity worship standards be maintained at the zenith. Uh, I'll read a few extracts. From 1969, Srila Prabhupada wrote, when the deities are installed in the temple, you have to take personal care. Deity worship is very regulative. That means following rules. Uh, you have to follow the regulative principles very rigidly. I shall be glad to know how many initiated members are there in Montreal so I can chalk out the program for Radha Krishna deity worship there. Srila Prabhupada wanted to install deities, but he wanted to see that the standard was very high. This is, this is from 1969, when uh, the movement was still very much in its inceptual stage, the ISKCON movement, and many standards were still to be uh, established, but regarding deity worship standards, Srila Prabhupada wanted good standards from the beginning. And, and now from a letter from 1970. The system is that only one who is qualified with Gayatri initiation may, may directly worship the deities. Bathing, offering bhoga and arati, cooking for the deities, etc. But she may assist you by helping in all other respects. If for some reason you are unable to perform arati, there are other devotees, initiated brahmanas, who can make offerings there. Uh, another letter from 1970. Where there is a want of pujaris, a shortage of pujaris, only Panchatattva pictures should be worshipped by the performance of kirtan. And as soon as Jagannath or Radha Krishna deities are installed, you will require some qualified pujaris immediately. If there is a scarcity of such qualified pujaris, each center should be satisfied only by worshipping Panchatattva of Lord Chaitanya by performance of Sankirtan. So here Srila Prabhupada is saying, if you don't have enough Brahmana qualified pujaris, then don't install deities, have a picture of the Panchatattva and worship them by Kirtan from 1970 again. We shall have to open so many centers. Unless we have got very trained up pujaris, it will be difficult for us to install deities. There is a good advertisement of us in India. And if some Indians come to our temple and see that the archana worship is not being done properly, then there will be great criticism. 1972 letter. So far installing new deities, I think it best if you concentrate your energy on Sankirtan and book distribution for now, and as your temple grows and facilities are there for very opulent deity worship, then this can be considered. I have made it a policy that there must be at least 10 initiated brahmanas in a temple before deities are installed. Uh, again from 1972. Now I want the worship of Sri Sri Radha Krishna to be taken very to be very seriously undertaken by you and try to see that they are satisfied always in every way. This Radha Krishna worship is the ultimate in Archana worship, so the standard must be the highest. 
kindly certify this will go on at the highest standard. So a GBC member is asking about installing Radha Krishna deities. And Srila Prabhupada is asking, are you going to put it at the proper standard? Again in 1972, worship of Radha Krishna is the ultimate pinnacle of deity worship and it must be done with the utmost caution and attention to every detail of giving opulent service. 1973 letter. Yes, for deity worship at least 10 brahmanas are required. Regarding New Orleans, the book distribution must be established, not just the deity worship. So that's another point, that deity worship you're interested in establishing, but the book distribution must be established. Letter from 1974. You should see that the deity is tended for and cooked for only by the duly second-initiated brahmanas. From Srila Prabhupada's purport to Bhagavatam, Canto 4, Chapter 31, Text 10. In our Krishna consciousness society, unless one is twice initiated, first by chanting Hare Krishna and second by the Gayatri Mantra, he is not allowed to enter the kitchen or deity room to execute duties. Short quote from uh, Hari Shari Prabhu's Transcendental Diary series. Prabhupada, this is in Vrindavan, Prabhupada looked up from behind his desk and asked simply, Are the deities effulgent? I replied, Yes, Srila Prabhupada, they are. Then everything is being managed all right, he said with a satisfied smile. So we can see that this is just a small sampling of Srila Prabhupada's instructions about deity worship. One thing he's emphasizing again and again is it must be done by brahmanas, must be done to a high standard. He was very concerned that ISKCON leaders take very seriously their responsibility to maintain zenith standards of deity worship. Um, I'm, oh yeah, actually this is a quote from Shivaram Swami from Shuddha Bhakti Chintamani. I'll just read it without commenting in between. Srila Prabhupada was concerned that ISKCON's leaders take seriously their responsibility to maintain high standards of deity worship. Unfortunately, in some parts of the society today, even deities of Radha and Krishna are not being served to the proper standard. That's a quote from Shivaram Swami. Uh, I'm going to quote again from a letter of Srila Prabhupada to a GBC member in 1972. As GBC, you should see the standard is perfectly maintained and that deity worship is perfectly done. Then Krishna will give us all protection. Neglecting the principles means neglecting Krishna's order. Yeah, so Srila Prabhupada, he introduced deity worship to practically establish who is God and how God should be worshipped in this world, how we can approach him, to help us to reestablish our relationship with God, Krishna. Temples were meant to send a, set a first-class standard for others to emulate. In the temples, there should be a first-class standard so that others can see how 
God is to be worshipped. Srila Prabhupada, he particularly emphasized in deity worship the importance of cleanliness and punctuality. Now, I'm going to read a letter from a disciple of mine who is serving in America in a temple as a brahmachari. And uh, he was asked to take uh, Brahmin initiation so he should worship the deities. So I gave him that initiation. And he wrote to me as follows. All the devotees, referring to the devotees in that temple, all the devotees are really amazing and mean well. I pray my frankness is not misunderstood. I have a few doubts in regards to cooking and deity worship. Due to lack of education and training across ISKCON in America, naturally there are many discrepancies, especially with cleanliness standards. The unfortunate reality is that this temple, the one he's serving in, as one of the worst standards for deity worship and cooking I have ever seen. They are struggling in this regard due to lack of manpower and training. Most of the devotees currently involved in cooking are not twice initiated and have very little training in cleanliness. There are two full-time pujaris. One trained in Mayapur but not so serious as a devotee. The other devotee is a Prabhupada disciple but an unfortunate Unfortunately, at least externally, he is one of the most unclean devotees I have ever come across. He means well and has a good attitude, but unfortunately, this carries into all the services he does, including deity worship. In other words, the, his cleanliness carries into all his services, including deity worship. So this disciple's question to me, even though there are so many discrepancies, even though there are so many discrepancies as far as standards are concerned, should I still cook for devotees and perform deity worship here? I ask because the nature of these services is that naturally I won't be able to follow ideal standards because others are involved. We share the space and the services. There will be hundreds of extra unavoidable discrepancies and offenses. And particularly in deity worship, I am concerned about learning things in the wrong way. So that's the end of the quote from the letter. That was most of the letter. Unfortunately, the situation that's being described is not unusual and is practically considered normal, especially outside India. Uh, I know from from Russia seems to be a common thing in Russia in our temples. That, well, it's just considered normal that devotees who are not even first initiated in many cases are cooking for deities and uh, first initiated or some non-initiated devotees performing aritis. They mostly have Gornitai deities uh, in our ISKCON centers in Russia. There seems to be some kind of urban myth floating around ISKCON that if, if you worship Gornitai, you don't have to have any standards. That wasn't what Srila Prabhupada introduced. He didn't want deities installed at all unless there were enough quali qualified pujaris to serve them. 
Srila Prabhupada did talk about uh, selling to members of the public Garnetai deities, uh, calling them Hare Krishna dolls, with the idea that just non-devotees would take them and they could gradually be brought up to the proper standard. It wasn't that in the temples that Garnetai could be installed and just worshipped with no proper standards. Srila Prabhupada gave standards. We should follow them. It's common, I'm not just talking about Russia here, I'm even talking about India, that there are dozens and in some cases hundreds of devotees who are initiated as brahmanas, in most cases not living as brahmanas because they're working in some job. There, there are so many brahmana-initiated devotees in and around the temple, but they don't want to help even if they're asked to do so. If there's a shortage of pujaris, they don't want to help. They do their own worship at home don't know what standard they do it to, but Srila Prabhupada, he said not to do that. He said that Grihastha devotees living close to a temple, they shouldn't do their own deity worship. That would uh, take away from the community worship of the deities in the temple. Uh, often even devotees who live in the temple or even devotees who have grihastas and paid by the temple to do services, which Srila Prabhupada also wasn't enthusiastic about. They also don't want to do deity worship. Quite often I'm asked to give Brahmin initiation so that the devotees can help with the deity worship. At least they have the idea someone should be Brahminically initiated. But then you give them Brahmin initiation and then they don't do it. They ask for Brahmin initiation so they can do deity worship, but then they don't do it. Or they do it for a short time until the, the novelty wears off. That's one reason why I'm cautious about installing deities and giving Brahminical initiation. It's supposed to be high standards. I should add here that there are some temples that are maintaining very, very good standards. I can think particularly of uh, our ISKCON centers in Mayapur and Vrindavan, Bombay, Juhu, uh, Los Angeles, London City, London, Bhaktivedanta Manor, Melbourne always used to keep very good standards. There are a few that you can think about. Um, the, the temples I mentioned in India, they had the standard even now that no one can worship unless they have a, they have a shaved head and shikha, which uh, is often not the standard in many other temples of ISKCON in India. So there are a few temples which are keeping up a good standard. Really, really trying to keep it up, but it's a few. And many others, for various reasons, they don't or they're unable to. We become very excited and enthused when we hear there's a new temple going to be open, new deities to be installed. 
There's a big festival, everyone's chanting Jai and this and that, but afterwards, in, in many cases, immediately afterwards, the standards are not up to the proper standard. So why install them at all in the first place? We see that Srila Prabhupada said, if you don't have enough qualified pujaris, then don't, don't install it. It's just do Harinam. Harinam is more important. It's the Yuga Dharma. We have a strange phenomenon here in India where some brahmacharis living in the temple, they think that deity worship, oh, that's below their dignity because Srila Prabhupada writes that deity worship is for neophyte devotees. Okay, but it's also for the topmost devotees. We see all our acharyas, they installed and worshipped deities. It's not that if you do deity worship, that's going to plunge you down from your elevated platform to being, it's, it's going to put you back. There's the idea, well, I'm preaching, I'm on a higher level. It's a very strange attitude. The deities are there, De devotees are required to worship them, but I can't do it because I'm too elevated. At least do a little service to this. It's Krishna, Krishna. Deity is Krishna. It's to think that I'll, I'll go backwards by worshipping deities or it's below my dignity, that itself is a very neophyte attitude. Or to look down on the pujaris. Oh, they're, only, they're only pujaris. I'm a preacher. I'm a manager. I don't know if anyone directly says that, but this, this attitude that, well, I have more important things to do preaching. Certainly... Srila Prabhupada did emphasize preaching, and he said that preaching is more important than deity worship. But once you have deities installed and you're worshiping, you don't, in the name of preaching, you don't neglect, and especially it's, it's not that you're so intensely busy that you can't take some time out to, to do an arati or offer a bog offering or, or cook an offering. Srila Prabhupada wrote about a particular, he referred to a particular anxiety of his, that, that in my absence you may neglect deity worship, then the whole thing will be spoiled. That is my anxiety, Srila Prabhupada wrote. On several occasions he cuttingly warned about the future fate of the movement if the devotees were to become neglectful especially in deity worship, he employed the analogy of golagraha, which means a burden. I'm going to read from a transcript of Srila Prabhupada's lecture. Under my direction, my disciples are worshipping vigraha. Vigraha means the form of the Lord, rupa. But if there is no following of the regulative principles, then after my death it will be golagraha, a burden that our rascal Guru Maharaj established this temple. See what strong words Srila Prabhupada are using, that we could have such an attitude. Our rascal Guru Maharaj established this temple and we have to worship. Early rise in the morning, all botheration. That is called Galagraha, a burden. He has left us with a burden. This is the risk. Then this such a big temple will be mismanaged. And you'll find that this is breaking and this is unclean and there is no attention. That is called Galagraha. The rascal has given us a burden. So clearly Srila Prabhupada had 
been unhappy at seeing uh, the temple, things in the temple not being maintained properly, the temple not being kept clean properly, and he linked that with a certain kind of attitude where you think, well, it's just all bothersome, and deity worship is bothersome, and why did our guru give us all these botherations? Um, Harishari Prabhu, in his Transcendental Diary, he uh, quoted from a, from a lecture of Srila this lecture of Srila Prabhupada, and uh, he gave some comment on that also. Hari Shari Prabhu wrote, One morning at ISKCON's Krishna Balaram Temple in Vrindavan, Srila Prabhupada was so troubled by the poor standard of deity worship that he dedicated most of his class to it. Now at ISKCON Vrindavan, the temple worship standard has been maintained very well for many years. But in the beginning, Srila Prabhupada was troubled by it. Um, going back to Hari Shari Prabhu's writing, although his, Srila Prabhupada's tone was dispassionate and objective, he gave a very strong warning, valid not only at that time, but to all devotees in all times and all circumstances about the consequences of inattention and neglect. He started out by saying that human life begins with the practice of religion, but nowadays there are organized movements such as communism to stop it. Yet, in one way, he said, they cannot be blamed. The organized movements such as communism cannot be blamed and Srila Prabhupada said, because the guardians of the religious system, they are fallen. Just like our Shubha Vilas Prabhu was asking me, we have seen so many temples. Why are they so neglected? That was common in India in the 1970s. And Srila Prabhupada continues, and why should they not neglect it? Mostly the temples have become the means of livelihood. That is the defect. Temple is not meant for means of livelihood, then it will deteriorate. How long can you falsely worship the show and worship the deity and make a show of arity? You cannot go on for a very long time. That is not possible. You'll be disgusted. Unless there is feeling, bhav, that here is Krishna. Krishna has very kindly come here to receive, to take, accept my humble service. He's so great that he cannot be approached by a person like me, Anoraniyan, Mahatomahiyan. When Krishna appears to be seen by you and he appears like a stone statue, he's not a stone statue. Don't think. Therefore, we must learn how to see Krishna. We should not think, here is a stone statue. As soon as we think of a stone statue, then our, this feeling, bhava, will be lost. So the answer is, is, is that if we establish some temple and take it as a means of livelihood, if we think, here is a stone statue, then it will not prolong many days. Golagraha. And we come to this quote again. No more vigraha, but golagraha. Suppose I have established this temple. Now under my direction, my disciples are worshipping vigraha. Vigraha means the form of the Lord, rupa. But if there is no following of the regulative principles, then after my death... It will be Golagraha, a burden, that our rascal Guru Maharaj established this temple and we have to worship early rise in the morning, all botheration. That is called Golagraha, a burden. He has left us with a burden. This is the risk. Then such a big temple will be mismanaged 
and you'll find that this is breaking and this is unclean and there is no attention. That is called ganagraha. The rascal has given us a burden. If we have lost that feeling that here is Krishna, here is a chance to serve him. Shri Vigrahara Dhana Nityanana Shringaratan Mandira Marjana Dao. Therefore, we are very much vigilant. Why did you not do this? Why did you not do this? Why? As soon as the feeling of devotional service will be lost, this temple will be a burden. This is the way. It will be such a big temple. To manage, it will be a great burden. So they are feeling a burden. Therefore, they don't mind if somewhere is broken sometimes. All right, whatever money we have got, let us eat first of all. This is the position. Srila Prabhupada being very, very strong about the managers at the Krishna Balaram temple at that time. Any little thing went wrong and Srila Prabhupada would come down on them very strongly. Uh, getting back to quoting from Srila Prabhupada, Vigraha and Golagraha, you should understand. If we forget that, here is Krishna personally present. We have to receive him very nicely. We have to give him nice food, nice dress. Then it is served. As soon as the feeling comes, here is a stone idol. They say sometimes idol worship. And we have been instructed to dress him, to give him all, all botheration. Then finished, finished. That has come everywhere. I have seen in Nasik, in many, many big temples, there is no pujari and the dogs are passing stool. Uh, Hari Shri Prabhu summarizes now uh, one section. Srila Prabhupada said that this same problem was, all, was also present in the West. Churches were derelict, and he had personally observed that on Sundays only the caretaker and a few old women were attending. Srila Prabhupada remained very serious about the problems he detected here, exemplified by the failure of the pujaris to offer nice garlands to the deities. Yeah, this whole talk, this whole section of the talk was prompted by uh, Srila Prabhupada seeing that the deities had not been offered nice garlands, but the, the flowers were not fresh. So Srila Prabhupada analyzed the mentality behind it and spelled out the consequences in strikingly frank terms, getting back to what Srila Prabhupada said directly. So not only the churches in the Western countries, here also. As soon as you will lose, lose the spirit of service, this temple will become a big go-down. Go-down is Indian English for warehouse. No more temple. We have to maintain that service spirit. Therefore, we are so much particular. Why fresh flower is not there? If you think, here is a stone statue. What is the meaning of fresh flower or old flower? We have to give some flower, that's all, but no feeling that here is Krishna. We must give fresh flowers. Just like I'm a living man, if you give me a fresh flower and if you bring some garbage and if you give me, shall I be pleased, do you think? So this feeling is lost even in the beginning that we shall satisfy this statue with some rubbish, garbage flowers. He's not going to protest. Yes, he'll not protest, but your life will be finished. The protest will come like that. As soon as you lost the feeling, bhava, buddha bhava samanvitaha. Who can worship Krishna when there is bhav, stai bhav? This has been discussed in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. What is bhava? But if you have no bhava, then you are on the material kanishta adhikari. Simply show. A show cannot go on many days. It will be finished very soon.
Yeah, I see quite often here in India the, the flowers they are supplied by to an out, outside contractor, and every day the flowers they're either brought the evening before or early in the morning, and you can see the flowers are old. What happens is the the flower seller, what I can understand, the flower seller, they <clears throat> do their business, they sell flowers during the day, and then because they have a contract to supply our temples, then they whatever's left over at the end of the day, that, that means the, the, the worst flowers that others don't choose, they give to the temple. And so we see flowers which shouldn't be offered being offered on a regular basis. It's a common thing here in our temples in India. I often say to temple leaders, grow your own flowers, get a little land. You're spending so much land to build so many restaurants and ashrams and so many things, but put a little land aside for flowers so you can have nice fresh flowers to offer to Krishna daily. Srila Prabhupada warns that the deity won't protest, but your life will be finished. Your spiritual life will be finished. Harishoy Prabhu continues, Just five days after this talk, still in Vrindavan, Srila Prabhupada gave a similar scathing warning about the inevitable consequences if the devotees were to neglect hearing and chanting. Short quote this time. Unless there is life of Shravanam Kirtanam, these big, big buildings, temples, will become a burden. Not Sri Vigraha, but Galagraha. All this labor will be futile. This building will be only a nest for doves and pigeons. That's the end of the quote from Harishwari Prabhu. So, yeah, deity worship should be a matter of concern throughout our movement. Srila Prabhupada introduced it throughout the world as, as a major cultural and theological uh, or religious contribution to the world, how to directly worship God. Of course, we worship through our gurus, uh, but how to directly approach God who kindly manifests himself in a form that we can worship. And Srila Prabhupada made a standard of deity worship that impels us to understand that we are worshipping God. This is not a small thing. He made a standard far exceeding that which was common in India. However, unfortunately, at the present time, there may be extenuating circumstances or whatever. Iskon is responding... When I say Iskon, I mean there are various temples here and there. Not the same in every temple. But deity worship standards are commonly lower than, in, in some areas, lower than in any considered acceptable in any respectable sampradaya. For instance, even you, you worship deityism from the beginning or even at any time when you have it, that, that worship and by non-Brahmanas, including cooking, must be done by Brahmanas, and even by persons with no level of initiation. Uh, and, and something else we see that, that's more common in home worship 
but it's whimsically starting deity worship and then just giving it up. Oh, I can't do it anymore. Or even from the very beginning, the worship is at a lamentably low standard. I, I saw I, a few years ago, I was staying in someone's house in America, Indian man, nice, very nice devotee. I, I don't, hadn't met him before, haven't seen him since. I did a program in his house, stayed overnight and got up early in the morning. He got up a little later than me, put on his uh, work clothes, and then in his work clothes, very quickly, he offered an arati to the many deities. He had many deities in his house and then rushed off to work. I didn't see him turn any rounds. And I wonder if he even did as much as offering a quick arati on mornings when I wasn't there. So why have so many deities? Why have any deities if you can't worship them according to a minimal standard? Why take initiation if you, if you can't chant your rounds? You should be serious about these things. Uh, I'm talking about standards lower than any that would be acceptable in any orthodox sampradaya up to the present day. Offering, uh, w one thing is offering food which is not cooked by devotees bringing, for instance, bread or cake from some shop and then offering it. What is going on? <laughs> no, at least when I joined the movement, uh, it was just completely unthinkable that this could be done. Here's another one, having uh, women in their menses cooking and offering arties. Srila Prabhupada warned against the decline of deity worship standards, but it's happening. The question of downscaling deity worship standards in ISKCON should never have arisen. Uh, it's, it's not a small thing. It's, it's not just something, well, just like Srila Prabhupada saying, well, it's a just a deity, he doesn't complain. It, it is a major thing. and it's Definitely Srila Prabhupada is not going to be pleased with it. It, it. Offenses to the deities, we know our movement has many uh, problems of various sorts, which uh, on the one hand, we can say that's inevitable in a worldwide movement with... Uh, supposed to have high standards in a bad world. On the other hand, neglect of proper standards in deity worship can be, uh, well, it's going to, it means offenses. And there'll be reactions which can permeate throughout the whole movement and cause so many other problems. Here's something else, it's a common, yeah, I already mentioned that. Uh, Oh yeah, but, but, yeah. This phenomenon that it's hard to get devotees to come and do deity worship in the temple, even when there are so many devotees who are initiated as brahmanas in the vicinity, it suggests that those who are initiated as brahmanas, they're not really brahmanas at all. They don't do deity worship. Even the deities and are, are not uh, being. There's a, there's a requirement. The, the few pujaris are overloaded. 
And the, the other Brahmin, no, no, I'm too busy in my work. I have to do preaching. It's higher. But look, you can say preaching is, you can say preaching is higher. But look, the deities, what, what are you preaching? You're preaching to people to worship Krishna. And here you have the deity of Krishna installed. And you can't worship him because you're too busy about preaching, about worshiping Krishna. There's something, there's some, something wrong there. What is to be done? Uh, well, no easy answers. We need a paradigm shift in our whole attitude toward deity worship, and maybe to Krishna consciousness in general. If we accept substandard as being normal and okay, it 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 just kind of happens. It's not like there was a big conference at some point and we said, okay, now we're going to let the standards down. But it just kind of happened and we've become inured to it. It should be a matter of serious concern among all the leaders in our movement, even if in the temple that you're overseeing, the standards are good, but we should see that it should be everywhere good. And it's definitely not to malign those many devotees throughout the world who are very dedicated, very serious, pujaris, working hard, overworked, definitely not to malign them, not to malign anyone, but just trying to point out some problems. Another thing we should consider is that Srila Prabhupada, he wanted to establish first-class deity worship in the temples so that householders, in their, in, if they're going to worship in their home, of course, he said that those who are close to the temple should concentrate on the deity worship in the temple and not make their own separate, full program elsewhere. But he wanted to set a high standard so that householders at home could see a high standard and, and that's that's the standard for them to emulate as best as they can. We see in Vrindavan, although Srila uh, Prabhupada is mentioning that Shubhavilas at that time, he was asking why is there so much neglect of the deities, but practically in Vrindavan, once Krishna Balaram temple was established with with noticeably high standards than in almost all other temples, that the other temples out being inspired by the standards in Iskon or being shamed or whatever, they also increase their standards very well. So it works the other way also. If the standards in Iskon go down, then in, in the temples go down, then that will have a ripple effect. And those at home will also think that, well, See, even in the temple they don't do, so why should we? They'll also become more and more slack. It's a danger. It's going on. So what I've said in this talk might not be much appreciated by everyone. I'm not intending to make offenses, but I'm intending to point out a, a source of offenses. If as a result of this, even one temple or even in one home the, the devotees make a resolve to seriously improve their deity worship standard then all well and good Hare Krishna
Vancha kalpa tarubhyas Dantainitayaturnakangpadiyanipatyakritvachakakushatam-etad-ahambravini-hesadavasakala-evabihayaduradgaurangachandrasharanekurutanuragaha. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama. Rama.